0: salutations and shit folks welcome 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 back to another episode of travel and shit where i your host t Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life i don't know why but i feel like it's been at least a month since i've recorded an episode for some very strange reason Can't call it. Don't know. I feel like it's been so long since I've been here, but I'm happy to be here. And I'm really excited to give you guys a little update. Um, we just did one hell of a trip and I actually spent a little bit of time going over our, I guess, uh, hindsight itinerary, right? Cause we didn't necessarily plan actually, much of any of what we did. Um, so I mentioned last week, I would be going to Texas this entire week that passed. I've never been to any of the places that I, uh, discussed. So I went to Puerto Rico last weekend. Well, I talked about that last episode tune into that one. But that was the first time I'd been in Puerto Rico. We got back on Tuesday and on Wednesday night, we ended up flying out to Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And we did a road trip from Dallas to OKC and which is Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And then we came back to Dallas. So This episode is basically a wrap-up of how that trip went and getting into a little bit of, you know, the excitement, a little bit of razzle-dazzle that was the ending of our, I guess you could say still anniversary trip. So very excited to do this one. So starting from the top, we got there Wednesday. We got in about pretty late. The way I have it, the outline set up, is I'm just gonna go over the itinerary and then tell you about the Airbnbs. So, also I realized that I forgot my little leg hammock and it didn't dawn on me till maybe the third flight we'd taken in that week. And I was baffled by the idea of me leaving it behind because I'd mentioned it so many times on episodes before and how clutch it was. I'm relatively small. I am five five, about 145. And I don't care what side of the because I always take a window seat. I don't care what side of the aisle I am, I have such a hard time getting comfortable. It's like nothing that I do Fit. It nothing that I do, um, works. It's it it takes a really, um, it's a lot to get comfortable on planes. I will easily say that JetBlue probably has the most comfortable seats for me, in my opinion. I want to say maybe followed up by Delta, in terms of you know American Airlines. Mentioning American Airlines, their seats are trash. I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely that was I it took me the longest. I don't even think I ever found comfort, but it, it really was the most uncomfortable flight. We flew American. I booked through JetBlue, but then we flew American. So I'm wondering who has those points. In hindsight, I want to say that those are going to be American points, but at this point, I don't give a fuck. So actually, let me start with, before I talk about the itinerary, let me tell you all about the rental. Honey, worst experience. I, D. Carrie, am telling you I had a trash experience with Advantage Car Rental. Trash. Hate it never booking with them again. I, for the week, could not wait to flame them because I had such a poor experience with them. Let me state, however, that the young lady that, I guess, took us in, took in our reservation at the Dallas Fort Worth, Fort Worth Airport was a sweetheart. She was so, so kind, so kind. And... I mean, honestly, I don't really blame any of the employees for any of the company's policies because it's a job. We all just show up Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday for some of us. We show up and do a fucking job. We, the most of us with logic, understand a lot of our company's policies to be fucking ass, completely trash. And contrary to customer service, especially when you consider that your average customer, if you will, is middle and lower America. Let's be real. Rich folks ain't really renting cars. You know what I mean? They do car service. Um, rentals for the most part are for regular schmegular degular motherfuckers, just people that work people that, you know, have shit to do. And then also, regardless of whether or not you have money or not, no one wants to feel taken advantage of. So let me start at the beginning. I ended up getting a text message maybe a week, maybe not a week, maybe like four, I remember getting it, saying, they sent me a text message for a reservation that I did not have. It was something about, um we're contacting you about your, um, reservation on Tuesday and I was going to be in Puerto Rico on Tuesday. So they were wrong, but they were contacting me about the reservation and the intent behind it was to let me know that their desk closes at 10 PM at the airport. And that if I was late or if I missed my reservation, that I'd be charged a $50 fee (sighs) about that. I will say that I probably should have looked into that when looking for a rental. I shouldn't have just gone for the least expensive option. I should have also, I guess, matched the least expensive option with the option with the most flexibility. So pro tip, when you're booking a rental, don't even rent at the fucking airport. There's always going to be an upcharge. There's always going to be an additional tax fee. Just fuck you in the air. They're going to fuck you. Um, Puerto Rico experience, not the case. I actually had a pretty decent experience in Puerto Rico. The rental was very inexpensive. I think overall, I may have spent $100 more than I wanted to. You know, honestly, comparatively, based on what the base price was, I spent double what I booked for, and it was kind of the same in Dallas. I spent probably double what I booked for back to Dallas. So don't book on the airport. It's gonna run you. Your best option is probably to take an Uber, or a lift or whatever to a location that is off just nearby the airport so that you don't have to deal with airport fees as well as look into when them niggas close. So our flight was scheduled to arrive at 9 11 PM. The rental counter closes at 10 PM. I don't know why they don't have extended hours But that's none of my business because that's not something that I do every day. This is something that I needed to visit twice. So me trying to rack my mind around how inconvenient it is for people that arrive late as if flights don't get delayed, as if flights don't get canceled and people have to rebook, as if people don't just arrive the fuck after 10 p.m. If you ask me money on the table, that's just you figure it costs you less give or take, to, you know, and maybe they ran their numbers and it didn't. I don't know. I'm thinking from a very selfish, pay, selfish space because it would have been convenient to me. But this is their bottom dollar, not mine. So I ended up getting that text saying that I'd be charged to $50. And so I'm like, that's wild. I, and then I think it said like my reservation would be canceled. It was something weird. So I ended up calling. I called the location, spoke to a very kind young lady, may have actually been the young lady that helped me when we checked in, don't know for certain, spoke with a very kind young lady and she said that I'm going to put a note in your file that if you miss your reservation that you will just cancel and you won't be like, um, and you won't be charged like the $50 pretty sure that's how it worked out long of the short was my concern was our flight was to arrive at nine 11. That gives us plenty of time to get the seven minutes from our, you know, airport to the counter, the desk, the location where they, you know, um, manage the rentals. That being said, I don't control the friendly skies. If we get, you know, stuck on the tarmac, like once you board your plane, you're pretty much stuck. You're supposed to have your phone in airport, in airport, in airplane mode. When you land, who knows how long it's gonna fucking take for you to get to your gate, Airpo- uh, airplane mode or not. At that point, you still don't know when you're going to get to your rental. So there are plenty of ways that things could've gone fucking wrong and I not had the ability to contact the rental desk to let them know in advance that I would miss my pickup date so or, or my pickup time. So I knew that if my flight were delayed, that I would know that beforehand, right? And that I could call them and let them know, hey, my flight's delayed, I'd like to cancel my reservation or adjust my reservation for the next day, whatever. Uh, the young lady actually did give me um, solution-based responses, if you will. She suggested that I arrange for another uh, reservation for the next day, just in case I did miss my pickup. So at least this way I have a car that I could pick up, right? Which, fuck no, because the pricing was wild. They wanted like at a minimum $103 a day for that. And I'd booked like a month or so in advance. So it wasn't as expensive. I'm going to get to the cost shortly. So I called, explained this to her, like, you know, if I'm late, I'll absolutely call, cancel, figure it out from there. But if I'm on the plane and we pull off from the gate, I'm not going to know how long is going to take us to get in that queue to do takeoff. Once we land, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get to our gate. If we hit some kind of wild turbulence and they've got to change our flight plan, there's so many ways, there's so many avenues and opportunities for the plane to get delayed is my point. That has nothing to do with me. It's out of my control and I'm unable to contact you in many of those situations. So I'm calling because I have a bit of, um, an issue with a $50 charge for something that's out of my control. So she basically said, you know, um, I hear you. Let me put a note in here. Appreciate it. Just as I was asking her, her name, she hung up. So boyfriend genius that he is He suggested, well, is there a customer service email or, um, you know, some kind of text option so that you can contact them in writing and have your request in writing so that if it comes down to it, you can refer back and say, well, no, no, no. Someone said X, Y, and Z. So I find their customer service, email them. They don't give a fuck, barely gave me, you know, much commentary back and forth. They was just like, "Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be canceled, and you charge fifty dollars." I'm trying to explain to them, like, "Hey, yeah, I absolutely would love to call you if my flight is delayed. But outside of a delay in me boarding and the plane actually taking off, I have no control and I have no way to contact you to let you know that I need to cancel or adjust my reservation." Um, And so are you also calling your, you know, agent a liar? Because there's supposed to be a note in my chart file or reservation um, stating what my concerns were and her given solution to said concerns. They didn't give a fuck. Fuck me. Fine. At this point, I don't really have too many um, moves as an option because the cost has now gone up per day for the rental. Mind you, we were only going to be there from what was it? Wednesday to Sunday. Pickup was going, it's not even a full day on Wednesday. We picked up, we were planning to pick up at like 9:30 on Wednesday night and drop off at about 4 p.m. on Sunday. So Wednesday was the shortest of them all. Sunday, by 4 o'clock, you can get a lot of running around and hooping and hollering and done. So charge me for the day. But Wednesday was late night. You could still do some running around in the evenings. But according to them, operations is shutting down at 10 o'clock. So how much really is more left to the day, right? But I digressed. So very, very displeased with the customer service from advantage um i guess corporate or whomever answers their email no solution offered just to fuck you basically yeah no that's what the that's what the that's what the pro what do you call it the the process or not even that is our procedure that's our standard response to not even trying to you know Comfort your customer and give them the sense that your your patronage is valued. Um, No sentiment that, you know, with all that's going on in the fucking world, pandemic, global crises, folks just, you know, having many a reason as to why they may be traveling. You don't know if I was there to bury a parent. You don't know, my parents are here. God bless them, love them. But you don't know if I'm here to bury a loved one. You don't know if I'm here for you know uh, healthcare services. You don't know if I'm here to attend to you know a sick child. You don't know shit about me. And for you to just respond so blanket, blanketly, blanketly cold, detached, removed from any aspect of I'm listening to what you're saying was very off-putting for me at the start of my reservation. This was even before they even had my money. So on principle, I absolutely wanted to cancel. And I looked into those options, but like I said, the minimum price per day was now like 103 minimum. And so at that point, it's just like, I come on. I don't have that. So we're gonna shoot the cha- We're going to shoot the ship. We're going to take our chances and hope that we arrive in time. Turns out we actually arrived early. We landed at maybe 845. So that gave us so much more time to comfortably get to the, um, the window to pick up the car. It was maybe seven minutes from the actual airport and the gates and all that jazz. Get there. Young lady at the desk is very kind. My I booked through Expedia and my estimated due at gate or due at you know pickup was 356 after a discount that she found for me because she was so kind and realized how exuberant all the charges were my total was $653 and some change with an additional $250 hold so my total was almost $1000 it was like so if it was 650 and then it's 250 that's seven, eight, nine hundred 900 and change i spent 900 plus dollars on a rental from wednesday at 9 30 let's just say 9 30 to sunday at 4 pm so that is full day of thursday friday saturday let's say full day sunday so four full days and a few hours on wednesday 900 plus dollars so the price is the price right They're allowed to charge what they want. I understand that rentals are very expensive right now because, uh, again, global pandemic. A lot of companies had to sell their fleets so they can stay in business, so they can stay operational. Totally understand it. It's not so much the price that, the price bothers me. Let's not mince those words. The price does fucking bother me. However, I get it. Business is business. Where there's a supply, there's a demand, and they're allowed to charge what the fuck they want for their shit, right? My problem is the lack of customer service. That's what my problem is. And this is advantage rental. This is advantage. Terrible experience. Absolutely terrible experience. I will never fucking recommend, I I will never rent from them again. And I absolutely do not recommend negative 16 out of 10, highly, highly, vehemently do not recommend because I don't like people playing with my with my patronage. Make me feel like I'm welcome here. Take my money. I'm an easy sell. I've worked, I'd say if I've had 15 jobs, 15 of them had some aspect of customer f- fucking service. So I take customer service very seriously because I do my best to offer customer service in my own realm of work. So I expect and appreciate that same little bit of sentiment of, yo, I see you spending money here. The least I'm going to do is not fucking be nasty to you. Right. But it is what it is. 900 plus dollars later, we picked up a little Sentra, cute little ditty. Couldn't tell you what year it was. Bitch was clean. And you know, wrote nicely, got us where we needed to be safely. So I'm happy. But the $600 came about from all of these wild ass fucking fees. I spent 100% of what I was quoted in additional fucking fees. There was uh, apparently a 36% tax that the airport charges 36 fucking percent charge. 30 36% tax. Do not rent from the airport if you can avoid it. This is DFW. This is Dallas Fort Worth. And this was specifically with Advantage. Cuz fuck y'all. So, there was that charge as well as the additional driver charge because I know I hate driving. So boyfriend's absolutely going to charge uh, is going to drive. Could we have just let him drive and not put him on? Of course, but high anxiety here. I would like to cover my fucking basis. The insurance part of the whole rental thing is always a bit of a clusterfuck for me because I know I have different credit cards where I'm covered on that supplemental insurance aspect of it. But to my understanding and reading what those cards offer, it's always a reimbursement. So I don't ever want to have to pay $4,000 in damages to a car to get reimbursed. I don't got $4,000 to pay to get reimbursed. So I would rather spend $200 or maybe, you know, $70 for whatever supplemental insurance at pickup so that I can avoid that should it fucking happen. So added the additional insurance, which was nuts. And it was weird because there was like a basic, and then there was like, there were three different tiers, if I'm remembering correctly. And from the tiers, like the one option still didn't really cover every, I don't know, it was weird. Paid extra for the insurance. You expect that, right? That you're going to add supplemental insurance. Um, li- th- what is it? I think you get you automatically get liability, but you don't always get um, that supplemental insurance that will cover you should someone hit your car, should it get um, damaged or stolen, and all that other kind of jazz. I don't want those problems, so I always add it. Additionally, they... Different states have different toll procedures. And I know in the majority of states that I've been in and traveled through, a lot of them have the pay by mail option. So they will give you a, an option of like a flat fee in advance at pickup so that, you know, you're covered on the tolls. And I didn't know what routes we were going. I don't know where the fuck we're driving. I don't know where there's a toll and where there's not. So I initially was like, well, I don't even know that we're going to use this shit every day. We're really, really only going to use it on a Friday. Appreciate uh, the young lady at the desk because she was just like, there's a $15 administrative fee on top of all the tolls that you rack up. So, and that's daily. (laughs) So you might want to get it. Because the extra, it was, the tolls were like an extra twelve dollars a fucking day. I think the extra driver was another thirteen dollars a day. Then there was a thirty-six percent charge. Then there was, I want to say, the insurance was like an additional forty-five fucking dollars a day. Mind you, we had the rental for four full days, and they may have actually charged for that sliver of maybe three hours that is considered a day on the Wednesday at pickup. So we ended up spending another $500. I I spent more in fees than I did for the fucking rental. You feel me? So it's just never the fuck again. I do not recommend Advantage. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you, fuck Advantage, they're last on your list. If no one else has any cars, fuck them. Because at this point, it's principle. I don't like feeling like I am being played while spending my money with you. That doesn't sit well with me. Principal, I would have loved to cancel the shit, but I don't have do shit off a principal kind of money. I have to get in where I fit in. And because I had arranged for this rental at least a month in advance, I was able to lock in a lower uh, rate per day for rental. So my base price was much um Was lower than what my base price would have been had I, you know, just gone with another um, agency. Um, Also, had I gone, I didn't even have that window of time to say, all right, I'll schedule this pickup, say, for seven o'clock, but I know that I arrive at, say, three o'clock. So what I'll do is price shop. I'll go to another counter and see if they've got, you know, um, a discount that applies for where I work or a discount that applies for where I go to school. You know what I mean? You, if you have that time to kill, if you get in early enough when the counters aren't really closing and all that kind of jazz, you might be, or and if you have the fucking energy, that also matters. You might be able to, you know, jump around and be like, oh, so that's what you're trying to charge after fees? I'll be right back. I still have time before my pickup window. So you can't really charge me for missing that. I'm gonna go ask them what they've got going and what they're willing to offer me. And I can tell them, you know, sometimes that might fucking work. They want uh 700. How much y'all niggas want? I got bread. What? Who, who got the better price? But yeah, highly do not recommend Advantage. That was the rental experience. But we got the rental. The Young lady at the desk was very kind. She did what she could. She did find me like a 10% discount. And that bought my base price from uh, up to like $653.82 or some shit like that. And then I had to put an additional $250 hold on my card for incidentals. I fucking paid for the insurance. What other fucking incidentals are there? I don't. I don't get it, but again, I'm done. It is what it is. I gotta check my account, see if that money came back. So the rental situation was a really, really shit start to the trip. I was glad that we did get in earlier so that we were able to alleviate that extra little bit of tension about trying to get there before they close. So pro tip again, If you can avoid picking up a rental from the airport, at least price your options because you may be able to save a couple of dollars here and there by taking a 10 or $15 Uber to a location that is further away from the airport where you can get a cheaper um, rental deal. So we arrived Wednesday night and a lot of the itinerary was based around food. Um, like I said, we didn't do too much in Puerto Rico, but we did, uh, honey, we did the things in Dallas. Like we did everything. Well, not everything, but y'all get what I'm saying. We did a lot of shit in Dallas. It was a really, really, uh, high intensity weekend, if you will. So Wednesday, first of all, I'll get back to the Airbnb but where we stayed it took us mad long to figure out how to get the fuck out of the building so when you come downstairs the exit lets you out in the parking lot but then it was a bit confusing to figure out how to get out of the parking lot because all we kept seeing were the the gates to drive in so the airbnb that we had get you know you're given a code and you plug in the code and it basically calls the host and they, you know, let you in. That being said, we got in okay, but couldn't figure out how to get lost. I had to ask two people for direction. I absolutely only asked the black people, two black dudes, young men. Appreciate y'all. Um one kind of gave us the general direction and we went that way and then we got little confused again and it was somebody that saw that we was fucking lost was like y'all trying to get out? I was like bruh thank you and please and then he told us where to go. Turns out you had to get out through the fucking mail room and it's wild because while we were coming down to get out or while we were going up yeah I think it was when we first got there we were waiting for the elevator to go up to the Airbnb with all of our shit and I saw a young man come out of the elevator. And then he went through what was labeled as the mail room. But I didn't know that you go through the mail room to get through to the front doors of the fucking building. Because when we were driving in again, it's like 30, 11 o'clock at this point. So we saw where our entrance was, where the huge gates to pull into the parking garage, but didn't really notice that the you know, doorway, if you will, to the building was right next to it. And I absolutely didn't notice that that's where the mailboxes were because it was night. And also I'm looking to figure out where the fuck am I parking? Do I go in this entry? All that jazz. So anyway, we were staying in deep Ellum. It is in a community in Dallas and it's very 25 year old me would have fucking loved it. Where we stayed was about two blocks from all the rah, rah, rah. There was a club, 57, five, 50 fifth, 50, 11 bars, just a shit ton of bars, restaurants with bars, all the shit. This is where the life, this is where the shit is at, right? So we were staying right by all of that. Like I said, young me would have fucking loved it. Adult me, It was cute for vacation, but I could never really live there full time, but it was nice to be able to be in an area that was very walkable. We could walk to just about anything. Can't say that I saw any like grocery stores, convenience shops. Can't tell you if I saw an ATM or anything, but I'm sure one of these bars or restaurants absolutely had an ATM, um, coffee shops, all of that shit one of them blocks I remember a couple of days into it I think it was maybe like the second day or the third day I don't even remember oh we were only there for two nights so it had to be the second day we were walking to get something and it smelled so bad I have a dog nose I smell everything so when I tell you baby it was like human shit heat like dry heat hmm so bad. It smelled so bad. And it was, like, blocks of a terrible smell. Like, I think we walked, like, two and a half blocks before the smell dissipated. It was so bad. So bad. And it was just, I don't like, where the fuck is this coming from? It was, yeah, terrible. And I work in Manhattan, okay? I'm used to shit just smelling ripe and disgusting. But this... was really, really bad. Anyway, back to Wednesday, checked in, sat around for a little bit and was like fucking hungry. This ain't gonna work. So we started looking at, you know, like places that were open for like delivery, seamless Uber Eats. And then I was just like, hold up. We're a block away. Everything is literally right here. Let's go. So pulled our asses out. And we went outside. That's when it took us like 30 minutes to fucking figure out how to get out the building. But we figured it out, got there. We walked up to this spot called Ruins. And I actually, I don't know, did we get, I'm gonna tell you what I got. I don't remember what what boyfriend got, but I got the Pastor Pork Tacos. Pastor Tacos, it's a pork taco. Chef's Kiss so good. And can I say across the entire trip, all of the servers that we had such sweethearts, every last one of them, two in particular, they were all black except for one young man. Two of them in particular, really, really, really hit my heart because they reminded me of like younger cousins. One dude, the guy that we had at ruins kind of reminded me of my little brother where they kind of had like, similar dispositions, not necessarily just, I mean, like if I'm looking at them, well, they might've had similar music interests, but one of them, he, for some reason, just reminded me of my little brother. And so I am a very sentimental person and I'll ask, you split your tips. I don't know if, I don't even always know like what I'm expecting or what I would do with one answer or another. Because when I ask that, it's because I want to tip you fucking well. Like I really wanna like bless you. And it's kind of like, uh, if you split your tips, I feel like I gotta tip you more so that you do get a substantial portion. But then if you split your tips, I feel like, yes, I will give you a fair tip, of course, but I don't wanna like over tip because I know that it's gonna kind of go to people that don't deserve it and it's not necessarily gonna go to you and i know there's cameras everywhere so i also don't really want to be that person that's going to like slide you like 40 dollars or something and you know it look you look crazy and then end up getting smoke or whatever for you know taking cash under the table and not splitting said tips but i asked and he wasn't and he was working so hard this young man was working so hard it looked like he was the only server Um, at all, he was bouncing back and forth to tables, kept it cute, was very kind to everybody. He, I always ask for recommendations when I go places, like, unless I see something jump out at me and it's just like, yep, that's it right there. I don't have any questions. I'll always ask, do you drink? Well, what do you recommend? Or, well, which do you like between this dish and that dish? I ask those questions because you know what the fuck you're serving. I don't. So until I know what you serve and I know what I like, I'm gonna ask for recommendations. He was very patient with us, very kind, gave really good and thorough, you know, um, recommendations. Like he was in it, like he was engaged and gave really excellent customer service. And those are things that I like to reward. So I think I gave him like a 50% tip or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. I just rounded, rounded up to like $100. I don't even remember what the bill was. Actually, I think I gave him like... doesn't matter. I tipped the young man very well because it was on my fucking spirit. And I would encourage you guys when you're traveling, consider, especially, especially considering if we're in New York, right? 20% is always a fair tip. I always like to tip 20% unless you were trash. Otherwise that's, you know, that's a different story. We play with kind of numbers here and there. I'll give you something, but I'm not going to reward poor service that I won't do. Um, but what I will say is I knew that my dollar would get me further here than it would in New York. So I know that let's just say a $40 tip on a, um, $60 bill um, is going to hit different than, well, actually a $40 tip on a $60 bill anywhere is a good tip. But the point is, is that they know that you appreciated them. And it's not like on some flex shit. It's on some, I'm on vacation. And if I give you $20 more than what I would have initially given you, I'm gonna blow $20 on what a t-shirt on some like, you know, trinket souvenir shit, like why not leave a souvenir behind that actually blesses somebody or a souvenir behind that, you know, lets somebody feel a little bit more appreciated or where you're able to, you know, leave something behind while taking up space in somebody else's community. You know what I mean? So I, when possible, when fiscal, when fiscally feasible, just consider putting this in the atmosphere for you. And then not even just when traveling in regular fucking life, like when it comes down to it and you're giving somebody a tip and you're like, Ooh, okay. So $7 is fair. Is the extra $3 going to kill you to round it up to 10? If it's going to kill you, don't, don't leave it period. But when you think about, well, what am I going to do with $3? I don't even buy mangoes on i live in new york so we could buy mangoes sliced mangoes i like it with what is that the chili pepper the chili sauce i don't know boyfriend don't like it with the the hot the the chili and he loves spicy shit. but according to him when he wants sweet he wants sweet if he wants mangoes that's what he wants give me the chili powder on my mangoes that being said i can't even buy mangoes on the street for three dollars so Sometimes it really just comes down to what am I doing with these extra couple of coins or extra couple of dollars that's going to round it out. And sometimes just that nice round number. I used to bartend. I personally don't feel like tipping is a must, unnecessary. If it were, it'd be included in the base price. However, I realize that a lot of people, um, supplement very low wages with tips. That is that's a loaded conversation that we don't necessarily have to get into right now, but you know, when I can, I do and I encourage little, little ways in order or little ways to be of service to other people. You're in someone else's community. These people live here. These people work here and you are coming in as a tourist You are coming in as a patron, even if you're not a tourist and you're in your own city. Just consider that a couple extra dollars may not make or break you, but a couple extra dollars just fucking feels good. I used to be a bartender. And if somebody, you know, ordered, say at the time, like a Heineken, a beer in general, $7 is a dollar tip. Nice. Of course it is. But what are you doing with the other $2? Why not just round it up? Just like, I'm, um, you gave me a $10 bill to pay for it. Why not just let me keep the change, you know? So is it necessary? No. But when people would do that, I would absolutely just feel like, damn, appreciate that. That go the extra mile. So putting that in the atmosphere, because you'd be surprised the things that people don't think of because they don't have to think of it. If you don't work in the service industry, if you never worked in the service in- industry, or if minutia, if you will, is not necessarily your ministry, and it's not necessarily something that you ponder and, you know, think on, then I can see how it easily, you know, not register in your space of thought. But this is why we listen to podcasts. This is why we consume content and information from other people so that we can, you know, expand our horizons, if you will. So at the ruins, at the ruins, I had the pastor tacos, them shits, Slapped. I ended up getting, I think, two to go. And even the next day, so fucking good. Like, ridiculous. So very good. And the drinks that we ordered were perfect. His drink worked for him. It actually had fucking burning sage in the drink. Like, he brought the drink over and I was like, bitch, is that sage? Y'all got a bundle of sage burning in this man's drink. Mine did not have all that razzle-dazzle but it, I think I got like, um, margarita or some shit, but so it did have like the nice, I love a good salt rim. So it did have, um, that's what she said. I did enjoy the rim. It was delicious. And I liked my drink. The drinks were good. Um, my drink was best for me. His was best for him. His was cute to look at. And it just didn't taste as great for me because it was more spirity. Like you tasted the alcohol a little bit more strongly. Mine. Perfect. Nice fusion up my alley. So ruins was cool. Went back, it was the end of the day. It was late, niggas went to sleep. Thursday, we started out by doing Trinity Cider and Insomnia Cookies. Um, did, oh, the, I said I was tell you about the Airbnbs later. So Trinity Cider, it was a spot that, so I was hoping that it was a brewery and it wasn't necessarily a brewery, but not, not a brewery. They didn't brew beers, they brewed ciders. I am not exactly a cider fan, but I'm not averse to a cider. I'm not against a very good tasting cider. We ended up getting a flight. I think the flight had about six options on it, five or six options, which was a really nice uh, offering. I enjoyed the amount that we had. However, I only really liked two of the flavors, so by the time I, and I drank most of it myself because boyfriend had to go take a phone call. But by the time I drank enough of the first two, the rest of them just didn't taste as bad. So we ended up getting the the flight of ciders and we stopped at insomnia cookies. Double chocolate chip is my fave and followed up by regular chocolate chip. Now I am generally an oatmeal raisin girl. That's my favorite cookie. But if I'm going to eat a warm cookie, if I'm going to eat a hot cookie, I want chocolate or chocolate chocolate chip. Um, Well, chocolate chip or chocolate chocolate chip. However, at this bigly age, I'm no longer 12. I can't just eat chocolate without it fucking with my insides. So I know my limitations. I just don't eat more than like one or two cookies. That being said, cute little ditty, before we met up for dinner with um, boyfriend's friends, Two of his best friends live in Dallas. I'd met one of them before, and the second one was the final link of the, the squad of them. There's a squad of friends, and so now I've met everybody. It's been great. Love his friends. That's one of the things that I gotta say is so clutch when you absolutely get along and appreciate and love your partner's friends. He's got such an incredible group of friends. And if any of y'all are listening, I fuck with all y'all heart. Y'all are all really great. And the girlfriend slash wives of all his friends are wild dope. Everybody's a baddie. Everybody's mad cool. Everybody's working and doing the damn thing. Like it's such a really, really dope squad. And I am very happy to um, now share the, the love for his friends so we did trinity cider insomnia cookies special uh note apparently there is booze infused ice pops on that block which cute i didn't know that they were booze infused or else i probably would have done that first but um that's nearby i can't remember the street names but it is in deep ellum off of that main strip uh let's see what else did i have here and that after we did Insomnia Cookies and the Trinity Side, we ended up meeting up with his friends at Haywire. In um, there are two locations. I want to say we did like the North Central option or whatever. I did the fried oysters and the black and catfish and gulf shrimp. The fried oysters were good. I cannot remember the the meal. It just wasn't memorable. But the server was such a sweetheart. We were all talking because all his friends, they're all from the Bronx. So they were talking, 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 some New York shit. Woo, woo, woo. And so the server comes over and was just like, so y'all something? Y'all from New York? Turns out Shorty's from the Bronx, not far from where they're from. And so now they're talking Bronx shit. And now they're talking blah, blah, blah. Woo, woo, woo. And I'm like, I know I like this nigga. like, he from New York. And so he was talking, turns out he's having a baby girl in December and we were basically talking about New York is cool, but it's not really sustainable unless you're rich. And it's so much easier to, you know, raise a family and support a family. He's just like, yo, I got a fucking pool now. Welcome to fucking Texas, you know? So it was really nice to, it's always nice to run into uh, New Yorkers in uh, places that ain't New York. So Shout out to our server. He was mad cool. Good luck with the baby. And I told him that before we left. Good luck with the baby. I'm very excited for them. I don't even know these niggas, but love is love, right? What else did we have? After we did Haywire, so interesting uh, information. I was talking to one of the dudes that lives in Dallas. Hey, Phil. And he was basically saying like, the way these neighborhoods in Texas have it set up is so that like, 'Cause we were along like a strip that had tons of shopping. All the stores. It felt very um miracle mile. It felt very Broadway, uh, in Soho. It just felt very, you know, all the stores laid out in on like this one block. The parking was free, which I appreciated. It was very hard to navigate. You would think that like our parking lots in New York is just like a sequence of rights, like Okay, so if you enter here and then you make a right, you're going to ascend up the structure to get to more parking. But it wasn't working that way. It was weird. We ended up making a left and then the series of rights. Yeah, weird as fuck, but figured it out after like 20 minutes and having to go around and dip back in. Frustrating, but we did it. Um, But what Phil was saying was, they have it kind of set up so that you don't really have to leave your community. Each area or main town in the greater city of Dallas, it seems, has a main downtown or like a main area where you've got all your commerce and just your, your shops and your stores and restaurants. And they're all packed into one area so that if you're in Deep Ellum, you go to this one strip, you don't have to leave Deep Ellum. If you're in Addison, you go to this one strip, you don't necessarily have to leave Addison. Like they make it so that you don't have to leave your little town or your township to get shit done. Um, it was a little strange because at least from what I was looking at, it looked like it was just a bunch of high-end retail and just like mid-end, re- just retail in general. Um, Also a cool little thing, they had mentioned that all the, like there was, living, like there was housing above a lot of these stores and in the area. And one of the guys had mentioned that like, oh yeah, well the buildings will share amenities. So if you live in like this building over here, you can go down a block or two and use the amenities at another building, which was pretty interesting to me. But that being said, it was, you know, cute, but it kind of weirded me out that So you don't ever leave your community. If you like there, why not go someplace else? You know what I mean? Now I get that if you're looking for something in particular, and of course your community doesn't have it, or if you're a little township or whatever, then you go someplace else. It's not like you're restricted, but I guess it's a very kind of, this is the same thing. Like I'm in Queens. Can I get everything done? I wanted in Queens. Of course the fuck I can, but there are plenty of things that aren't necessarily as, up to certain standards or, you know, as easily accessible or convenient, if you will, in terms of location and offering, then they would be in say Brooklyn or Manhattan and the such, so, and even Long Island. I know in a lot of instances, I'd rather go out East. I'd rather drive to Long Island to go to a certain um, store or establishment because they're gonna have fucking parking. Whereas even if it's, you know, 20 minutes from me in Queens, I'm not paying for parking or I'm not looking for parking. Whereas I can go 45 minutes or 30 minutes into Long Island, park my bitch right in a lot and go get done what I need to get done. So preference, I guess. So after we did Haywire, we went to the strip club. Now, when I was bartending, I used to bartend at a strip club, Fun carry fact. Um, So I am no stranger to strippers. Um, Doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm very queer. So bring on the bitches. I was not expecting to be as underwhelmed as I was. And they get fully nude in Houston. Um, But I mean, it was fun. We had a great fucking time. I will say I was very surprised that we were able to stretch one hundred and twenty dollars for like two hours between the two of us we basically spent a hundred dollars only reason why we spent that extra twenty dollars was because one of the girls um was like i give bomb massages and i was like present take my money she really does give bomb massages um so actually do i even want to mention it might have let me know if you want to spe- uh, if, if speak with one of the girls. I'm actually probably going to reach out to one of the young ladies. And um, I already spoke to her about being a guest because when I tell you, tribe, mind you, only white chick in there. But I went up to the stage to tip her because incredible performance artist. Like when I tell you her pole work, insane. She's all fucking muscle, tiny little drip, like tiny little thing, but all muscle all muscle. And it was such a joy to watch her. And I've tried to get on the pole before. Shit's fucking hard as shit. All muscle. I can't support my own body weight with my upper body strength. I can't do it with my arms. So watching these girls, very few of them actually did any pole work, but watching the ones that were able to, or did choose to, um, do any pole work is Always a joy just because I respect and understand how much strength that that actually takes. Um, Phil is a personal trainer, so he fucking gets the artistry as well. And so it was a good fucking time. And boyfriend also understands how strong you gotta fucking be to get all that shit done. So um she gave great massage, man. That shit was bomb.com. That was a really good massage, but um so strip club was fun. It's BYOB, y'all. That's how we didn't spend any fucking money because bring your own fucking drinks. And I think you um, just buy like chasers or something if you want, that's an option. I wanna say the ATM fee there is wild. I think it's like a $20 ATM fee or some shit like that. I don't know, cause I ain't paid. But I was very pleased when we got back home, if you will, when the night was done Boyfriend had the forethought to like, we had gone in there saying, all right, we're going to, between the two of us, we're going to only spend $200. We're not going to break the bank on this shit. And I was saying 200. I was, I initially said I was going to spend 200 and then whatever he wanted to contribute would be fine. He was going to contribute like a hundred or $200. Cause I didn't think we'd be able to, you know, sustain a two hour visit with less than a hundred. It's possible. Again, I think it's because your dollar goes much further. You tip a girl, five, $10, and you still get the very, you know, somewhat heartfelt, thank you so much, and they're on their way. Um, But I was not expecting to be, I don't wanna say underwhelmed as if it was whack, but I expected to be more excited. I used to be excited to go to the strip club. It was fun, but it just wasn't. And you would think like fully nude. We don't have this in New York. Experience. It was just like, oh, okay. Good time, good time. So it's one of those things like when you know how you go and you just kind of like stand on the wall and you like, and you look like you're not having a good time. I feel like, well, no, I was up, I was tipping. I was throwing money, but not throwing money like you would expect you tip a couple of dollars, go about your business. I did appreciate that the majority of the girls weren't very um and we went to ecstasy. It's x the letter t the letter x, the letter t and the letter c. Apparently it's a chain. Um some of the girls, I already told off the bottom, I didn't like them cuz I saw what they were doing. It was on some snotty shit like, okay, we see you're paying attention to this girl on the stage. So we're going to come over and dance at the table for you. We're going to give you dances. And I also don't like being asked for money. Don't come to me, dance, and then ask me for money. Don't do that. I didn't ask you to come over here. You're at work. I'm not. If I am, I, I don't like being asked for money. Don't do, it's tacky to me. It's fucking tacky. That is absolutely a, a strip club turnoff for me. Don't ask me for shit. Um, and I didn't like that they, only, they came over on like some flanking shit. Like when they could see that our attention was on Shorty that was actually putting in some work on the pole, all of a sudden they all come, they all descend on the table and now you're dancing and it's just like, And then also, I'm an energy person. I pick up your vibes. I see what the fuck you're putting down. I see what's going on here. I'm not new to this. Don't do that. So that was like frustrating to be in the midst of all there. Kind of like, you don't have to feed into it. You can absolutely tell them, no, thank you. I'm good. And you don't have to tip them because you didn't ask for a dance. But also, it's kind of like, okay, here's $2. I hope you feel like the burn in getting $2. That's the way I look at it. It's kind of like $2. Yeah, $2. Like, I want you to feel kind of like slighted, but that's me. So uh, Strip Club was fun. I will say that that was a surprisingly fun revelation, if you will. $100 that's really the the massage that she gave was like $25. And I want to say it was like two or three songs. And I ended up cutting her because I feel like she was going beyond the two or three songs that she initially said was part of the $25 charge. And I want to give her no more money than that. And boyfriend was like, no, 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 no. I really felt the vibe. She, she fucked with you. She liked you. She liked you. She was just going to keep going. It wasn't a big deal. I don't think she would have charged you. I'm just like, money is money. Business is business. Let's not get feelings involved. And, I don't think she would have, but at the same time, I respect her time as well. I'm not going to let you sit here and give me a 30 minute massage and, you know, you could have been making more money doing something else. So I get the hustle. So strip club was fun. Ecstasy, XTC, ecstasy was, um, a good time. And we did that on Thursday. On Friday, we ended up doing the Texas State Fair. I had so much fucking fun, so 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 much fucking fun. I'd never been to, um, a, I'd never been in Texas, so I'd obviously never been to the Texas State Fair, and it really much, it really gave me um nostalgia of going to uh, Atlantic City. So there's board work on Atlantic City. And we used to go every summer as kids. And so it really gave me the boardwalk there. You know, all the um, fair games when you do the the shoot at the bullseye, when you do the basketball, when you do like skee-ball kind of shit. You know, all those fair games and shit that people do when you go to the fucking fair. I got my turkey leg, shit was good as fuck. What I did not like is that they use tickets. Just take my fucking cash. I don't wanna have to get tickets because now I'm always gonna have too many tickets or not enough tickets to get what I want. They actually served alcohol. I ended up getting like a strawberry margarita blend kind of thing. It was only like, was it $10? I think it was like $10 because each ticket was a dollar. So it was like, if each ticket is a fucking dollar, just take my fucking dollars. I don't understand what this ticket shit is, but that ain't none of my business. This is what your rule is. I'm going to do what you rule so I can do what I got to do. Get what I want and get the fuck out. We spent maybe an hour, if that. Um, but it was a really, really good time. I The weather was actually perfect. It So Dallas is more like a dry heat as opposed to apparently Houston is like mad humid. So the dry heat, you're in the fucking sun. Um, you can occasionally find little pockets of shade as well as there are tents for shopping that are cooled with fans and all that other kind of jazz. So um it ended up being a really, really fun visit. They do have plenty of parking in terms of they have it set up nicely when they direct you once you get near the grounds to pay like $10 for parking or You can pay even more for like priority parking and all that kind of shit. We found free free street parking like a block away. So that ended up being perfect. Glad we didn't pay for that. I think we paid maybe like $15 in advance to show the um, little ticket on the phone. So they scan that and you walk in. So uh, Texas State Fair was a really good time. I didn't buy anything while I was there. Um, I got my margarita and my turkey leg. Um, he ended up getting like a roasted turkey taco, which was eh, was decent. I didn't really care for him. He liked him. Um, and that was basically it. So we walked around the fair, great time. Right after the fair, we drove up to OKC. So Dallas to Oklahoma city is three hours, four hours, give or take. So it's about the same as going to Atlantic city from New York city. So, and by we took the drive, I mean, boyfriend drove. God bless him. I fucking hate driving. So he drove us to OKC and we went there for a Marc Rebillet tour. How do you pronounce his last name? Marc Rebillet. Pretty certain that's how you say it. He is a completely freestyle. Um, I guess that's the best way to put it. Improv artist. So he'll layer his beats. like So he'll do his own beats. He'll get something real funky going. And then he'll sing and why boy is very soulful or he'll rap over it or he'll talk over it. He's wildly entertaining, mad fucking funny, an absolute gem of a talent. I don't, I want to say it was boyfriend that put me on, probably sent me like a tweet or something that he did or like, yeah, it was like an IGTV video or like an IG video. I don't know, but for months we had been listening to his youtube streams on sundays he'll do like a few hours on youtube and it's just really nice to have it on in the background and then we do whatever so then he did a i think it's called a third dose tour he's doing a i think it's international at this point but he ended up doing a tour we were looking to buy tickets in brooklyn but they sold out before we got into it, just as I was about to try to buy some tickets off of someone after he announced that it would be a fully vaccinated tour. So you had to be vaccinated to get in or show proof of a negative test to get into the venue, um, per the artist's request. Um, boyfriend was just like, he's actually got to stop in OKC. That's not sold out the weekend or the, time frame that will be in Dallas. It's 3 hours away, 4 hours away. Let's make a thing of it. So we did. fucking loved every second of it. It he had a uh, really great opening acts. I want to say one of the performers was Jabby and another was I think his name is Kosher Dilla. White dude from Brooklyn, and I know this only because after the fact, we ended up trying to get into the same fucking IHOP that was fucking closed. Get there in a second. So show was great. What was really cool about the show was we ended up um, for some reason because there was an upper level and I saw the upper level and it looked like there were seats, but then it looked like, oh, actually, I don't think there are seats. I'm absolutely a pay more for a seat kind of bitch. I don't want to stand. I do not enjoy uh, standing room general admission. I will absolutely give you more money to have an option to sit the fuck down. Wasn't an option. Everything apparently was general seating. Surprise, surprise, it wasn't. And there was a second floor and there was seating up there. So we went upstairs, we saw it, we saw how poorly it was policed, if you will, you know, like people that worked there just standing around or whatever. And so we're looking at people coming and going and we're looking at, you know, empty seats and we're looking at like general or we're looking at like priority seating only kind of thing. And we realized, so nobody's checking? Fuck out of here. And we went and we sat the fuck down. We sat down after, mind you, being general uh, seating and we... Ended up catching the opening acts, general seating. We listened, like the DJ played a good set, good music, danced my fucking ass off. White folks, some of y'all get so excited over like really basic moves. I mean, I think I'm a decent dancer. I don't think I'm like the greatest dancer. But when I tell you, it was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, y'all, I'm just dancing. It's like, y'all don't understand this is a bop, but culturally significant. Before I let go is it, Um, but you know, Oklahoma, what do you do? (laughs) Everybody was cool. There was actually, I can't wait to share. I have an entire planned out Instagram grid of, you know, photos to share. I'm just really not feeling social media-ish. Working on that, trying to do better. Um, but I also feel like I want to go about it with some strategy, but I'm probably overthinking the whole process and all the overthinking is like stopping me from doing anything. I feel like there's like a hair or something that keeps poking my lip. That's what she said. But uh, let's see. So okay, see it was good. The concert was fucking nuts. It was incredible good dancing, had a great time. We ended up getting free seating. Um, Let's see, after we did OKC. Oh, so after the concert, two of his friends ended up meeting us in OKC. Came, we met them at, now mind you, this is like their downtown area. The concert was at the Criterion and there's like a ton of bars, this would be in restaurants in the area. So we figured pull up after, maybe get a good meal. The bars were all open and none of those bars served fucking food. I don't understand how you have such a, air quotes here, vibrant downtown section and no fucking food past like 10 o'clock. Because after the concert, we ended up falling into this uh spot that did uh dueling pianos. So the... Oh, you know what? I, I really think I'm going to make this like a two-part episode because it's already an hour. Um, I love y'all, but there's like a bit more to go over and I don't want this to be a two-hour episode. So OKC okay, was cool. And we ended up going to this spot. I cannot remember the name of the spot. And I didn't even think to ask boyfriend because I had to sit and ask him all the restaurants that we went to, because I don't retain that kind of information, but he's the foodie of the two of us. So dueling pianos was so great because everybody was so fucking talented. So you pull up and there are the two pianos and pianists and they're playing, they're singing, doing covers. It's a good time. There's a drummer. Ooh, great. So then they swap out piano players. And so we've got two new artists and they're on there singing and they're going at it. Woo, woo, woo. Great. All right. Entertaining. And then one of the first piano players comes up and now they're on the drums and the other piano player comes up and now she's on the guitar. And so it's like, oh, okay, excuse me, go at it. And so now there's like three or four of them on the stage and we're going at it everybody was so fucking talented they mostly did covers um but they chose some decent songs but again fucking Oklahoma so some of the covers I wasn't really like Ooh, all right not really invested in this here but some of the other ones were good like they did a Prince cover I think they did like a Rage Against the Machine cover of a song that I was familiar with um don't ask me what the the title was what the title of the song was but they did an excellent fucking job. Um, so, I mean, so much talent. Singing, pianos, drums, guitars. Like, the majority of them played all the fucking instruments. Excellent, excellent. Really, really entertaining. We stayed there for about an hour, maybe two hours. And then it was just like, yo, my belly. Niggas want to eat. So we left and we're walking around trying to find food and we stumbled across, uh, I guess you could call a river walk. So there's like a waterway and there are some bars and stuff along the walk. That's where the dueling piano little spot was. So we had to like get up to the second story of where it was. It was a little confusing at first, but figured it out, got in there and then we ended up leaving, going back down, walking across the water. So it was really nice kind of ambiance to look at the water the lights there was like some live music going on the street it was a good fucking time stopped at a random bar to use the bathroom and then we really were on like the search for food and what i appreciate about everybody at the bar is when we got to the doors or when we got inside and was just like so what that food looked like everybody's like we ain't really got nothing that's it there's one spot couple doors down, they'll do uh pizzas, but you're gonna end up waiting like for a while for it. And two, it's like frozen pizza. It's not even like pizza pizza. Mind you, I refuse to order pizza anywhere for the most part outside of, let's say, New York, uh, might order certain kinds or styles of pizza in Philly. Um was it Philly? Yeah. Philly should have some decent pizza. I would chance it in Hartford just because the rest of the food that we had in Hartford was so good. Um, but yeah, I'm not ordering pizza very easily outside of New York because I'm a New Yorker and I think our, our pizza is superior. And I'm certain that most of the rest of the States will agree, but biased, whatever. So We ended up trying to find a fucking IHOP. We looked around, looked, we walked for probably 20, 30 minutes looking for someplace that was going to serve food. And we Googled a IHOP that turns out around the corner. We get to the fucking IHOP. The niggas is closed. Done. Kaput. Had the nerve to put 24 seven on the fucking door. It was supposed to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I guess we stumbled upon the eighth fucking day of this week because they weren't open. And that's how I discovered that Kosher Dillers, Dilla Kosher. I don't remember the young man's name. He might've been older than me or younger than me. I don't fucking know, but I remember because I ended up buying a t-shirt because I was very impressed with his skill, really great artist and the t-shirts were cute. It's, um, I'll wear it one day and I'll point it out. But um, the teachers were cute and I liked his performance. And he remembered me from buying the t-shirt. And so when he pulled up to the IHOP, also looking for fucking food after 10 p.m., he was just like, hey, I recognize you. And we got to talking, turns out he's from Williamsburg. And, um, you know, came out to do the performance and he was a cool dude, cool dude. So that was fun. Okay. See, we ended up going back to the Airbnb, which was sick by the way, Airbnb was nuts. The shit was so beautiful. And, um, we ended up thankfully the host left, uh, provided two bottles of wine, red and a white. So it was, um, boyfriend and I and boyfriend's best friend and his girlfriend. And we had booked the, a two bedroom Airbnb. And so we just went back And drank wine. Sat up and talked for a few. And I noshed on my cold-ass turkey leg from the state fair earlier, which I was so glad that I had because that's all I'd eaten for most of the day. Looking it over. Yeah, we did the state fair in the morning. And then we drove to OKC. So... That was all I'd really eaten in the entire day was a margarita and a turkey leg. So at that point, I'd also like had some more to drink. Cause we had the two beers. I had two beers at the, um, at the concert. And by then I didn't want anything else to drink by the time we did dueling pianos. And it was just like, I'm fucking hungry. So that was really disappointing. I don't understand how you've got all of these bars open and you don't feed your drunk people. Recipe for fucking disaster. There was a huge police presence out there while we were there. It's like the police just pulled up in the middle of the street. They were just out there standing around. I talking to some of the people that were walking around. It just looked like they just pull up and stand around. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Um, It wasn't like they were really doing much. They just, it looked like they were just a force, like a presence. They were just there, I guess, because they knew the concert had ended and that there was a lot going on and maybe they weren't really used to that. So for them, this is something to pull up to. Not my business. I don't live there, Um, but I cannot say, again, how much we absolutely love that fucking uh, concert. Marc Rebier is such an incredible artist. If you haven't heard of him before, his name is spelled M-A-R-C, last name R-E-B, I wrote it down, hold on, oh, R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T. Google him, great artist, incredibly easy to listen to. I feel as if, if you're listening to the podcast, we've probably got a at least a similar sentiment or a similar taste in some musics. So I definitely say, check him out, really worth it. And I've really enjoyed his performance. So I'm going to cut the Dallas episode into two different sections Um, because I, I'm hungry and I'm tired. So I don't want, and I also just don't want this to be like a two and a half hour episode that is just a lot to get through. So I'm going to pause it there and tell you to stay tuned for the wrap up of the episode. I have, we still had, ooh, damn, yeah, the Saturday and the Sunday were a good time. And I still got to tell you about the Airbnbs because the Airbnbs had some really, really, really like clutch points of reference. So definitely want to put y'all onto those because they were really good Airbnbs. So Tune in next week for the conclusion of the Dallas I was trying to do some alliteration there. It was a good fucking time. Clearly, because I have a lot to say about it. So um, tune in next week and I will have more information for you. And I want to again remind you that travel is more than vacation. So while you're traveling, again, like I'd mentioned earlier, if you can, if it's within your wheelhouse, be a blessing to others. You know, a lot of times, um, I remember one of the young ladies that I was speaking to, that was one of our servers while we were on the trip. I was talking to her about something and somehow we got onto, um, you know, she was saying that, oh, this is actually one of our more expensive area, uh, restaurants or breakfast spots in the area. And we were like, Girl, IHOP costs more in New York than this place. But for her, it was, you know, like in that area, not for her, but in that area, that was, you know, it was a little bit more of a pricier breakfast spot. And somehow we got to, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm from New York. And she was like, what? Y'all so nice. Ain't New York people supposed to be like mean? And I'm just like, we're not. So consider that you don't have to be a representative, but consider that you and your personality, like you, that secret sauce, because you're always the secret sauce to your trip. You're always like I could give you the exact same itinerary. I could tell you exactly what I do. I could plan the trip for you and send you with the exact same steps that I took. But you're never going to have the same experience as me because you're not me and I'm not you. You are your own special sauce. I am my own secret sauce. So I bring something to an experience that you can never bring to an experience and I can never bring to an experience what you can bring to an experience. And that being said, is you get to flavor your own meal. These trips get to be, you know, colored from your own glasses. You get to see and experience all of this in a very unique way because each one of our perspectives is absolutely unique to us. And I say all that to say that don't forget that the tone and the energy and the attitude that you bring to your trip is absolutely going to influence your experience. So consider that it's not just the being someplace else, but it's also the checking in with what am, what am I in the mood for? What do I need? What is going to make this fulfilling for me? What is going to make this enjoyable for me? What's fun and exciting for you in one spot may not necessarily carry over to another place. You know, if you are into certain things, those same things may not translate the same way into, you know, all different areas. So consider that when you're vacationing. You get to make the trip what it is that you need at that time. You can have so many things booked and planned and then realize, I don't have it in me. I really just want to sit, veg out on the couch and know that I am in a completely different area and the energy that I am consuming and the energy that I am not expelling, you know, is that of the island that I'm on or of the community or the state or the country that I'm visiting, you know? and you get to make your vacation, you get to make your trip, your adventure, exactly what it is you want it to be. You can do as much or as little as you want to do. And that absolutely plays out best for you when you remember that travel is so much more than vacation. Don't look at it as a, I have to go here, 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 or I have to hit this, 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 do that, see this, and experience all of that. Check in with yourself absolutely ask yourself what you have the capacity for at the time. And we absolutely did that while we were in Dallas. And we knew that we wanted to spend as much time with his friends as possible. And we, after resting and enjoying just being detached from it all in Puerto Rico, we knew that we wanted to be in the mix for Dallas. So don't forget that you get to set the tone for all of your trips. And I can't wait to tell you how we finished off the tone. I have, I don't know if you can see it in the YouTubes. It's probably not focused in and it doesn't look that ridiculous from here, but I've got quite the, um, it looks wild when I look at it, just looking down at my arm. It's still bruised and scapped, but I got a little fucked up. I got a little fucked up. And it may not be the kind of fucked up that you think it is. So be sure to stop in next week and see what kind of fucked up I'm talking about. That was a good one. So see how I fucked up my arm. And definitely double check the YouTube so that you can see if you can. I think you can see it. It's this right here. You can see how that looks darker. I might have actually ruined the tattoo. I don't know. Tune in next week to find out. All right, you. I hope you enjoyed the first half and I'm looking forward to giving you the second half next week. All right, bye.